God's always saving. He's always rescuing. He's always redeeming. And you know what? Whatever that situation is, if he chooses not to take you out of it, you can be assured he's got a purpose and a plan. Life can get really busy, but we're reminded that when we live the kingdom pace, we not only have time to grow more ourselves, but to also grow closer to our creator. Kingdom Pace is a podcast about the ways we can make sure we're staying alongside Jesus and staying right where we are supposed to be in life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Kingdom Pace podcast. My name is Jessica, and with me, as usual, is Mark and James. So today we are on petition, and this is um, one that we've, we've visited before. And I, I think every time we try to kind of take a different take on it, and I'm a little scared to be honest because Mark said he had a question. So, Mark, what is your question to kick this off as we talk about what does it look like in our lives to, to position to God? Good morning, Jessica. Hello. Um, I'm glad you feel threatened <laughs> by my question. I'm a little scared. Please don't be. Well, it's just like, I always feel like I, I try to prepare and then like, so I come in like, okay, I am ready. Like we're going to have this great conversation. And Mark's like, I have a question for you. And I'm like, well, I'm not prepared for that. So sorry. Well, I think I'm living out that be prepared in season and not a season scripture. <laughs> apparently just kidding. Um, so we're talking about petition as just just said in you know we we petition we petition things to God that we can't like we can't do right like you petition when it's not beyond your control right you can't make it happen and prior to the podcast you know I was I've been I just feel like God's really been leading me to Moses's life story of Exodus, Deuteronomy. And every time Moses found himself in a dire situation, he turned to God mm. outside of when he struck the rock. Mm -hmm. So you could say that Moses understood when Moses understood his limits and his humanity and that's when he turned to God. Mm -hmm. This may not sound like very encouraging, but our whole walk really is beyond what we can do. For example, how would you guys describe the color red to a blind person? <laughs> Was that the question? That is the question. How do you describe the color red to someone that's blind? Uh, everything I'm thinking to say, I'm like, nope, that won't work. Warmth. I, I mean, I would describe it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, maybe I would try to, to bring it into when you feel um, an emotion, mm -hmm. that intensity, a burning style of emotion. That's the only thing that I can even come close to feeling. Maybe describing red is, is when 
um, you accidentally, you know, burn your finger on a hot stove. Maybe it's when you're really angry that something just happened. Maybe, you know, red is this color of passion when you're, you just like, you fall in love with somebody and you, you literally cannot stop thinking about that person. To me, that's the closest way to describe the, the word or the color red. But I don't know how that would feel different than like you're both wearing blue shirts today. How would I describe that different? I mean, I would describe it like it's cold or it's right. It's it's the color of the sky, which, okay, I've never seen the sky. Right. <laughs> yeah, because when you were describing red, like I was thinking of like intense, you know, like just those intense feelings and emotions. But at the same time, we have so many emotions and different levels of it <clears throat> that it is hard to to really capture that. Because you could say, you know, sadness is blue type of thing. And that could be extremely intense with grief. You know, so it's like, how does that really fall into a continuum? Yeah, so, y'all, the point is, no matter how much we try, unless you've seen the color red, Mm -hmm. you don't know, you really don't know what it looks like unless you've seen it. If you can think of this, that difficult question, watching you guys like grab, it's so cool, right? Mm-hmm. How do we save someone? But we do the same thing in Christianity. We try to tell people, you know, we try to do the saving. We don't trust God for it, right? Mm-hmm. Think about it. Read your Bible. Go to church. Like, if Christianity was doing these list of things who won in scripture that did the most list of things the right way the pharisees Hmm. is that the goal we're after it's not you know but when you say that so he's not going to be very happy that i'm sharing this on here but paul is colorblind and the reason i say he doesn't like people to know that And actually, the boys, the high school boys that he works with just found this out yesterday. And what happens when someone finds out that he's colorblind, they're like, really? Like, what color is this to you? What does this look like? What is this like? As a colorblind guy, that's super annoying when people want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. He gets he gets so (laughs) mad. I mean, like it really was to the point where um, he was trying to teach the kids their colors when they're younger and he's like pointing something's like Emmett this is green I'm like no it's not don't listen to him you know but it's like to me it's so fascinating because I'm like what do you see it's a whole different world you know and and I can't imagine that but I say that because I think that the thing that we go to is we ask the questions of what do you see what is it like and you know, when you were describing that that's what I thought of because I think so often when we are coming alongside someone or walking with them in their faith, we can get to a point where we're like, well, do this. If you just do this, you would understand. You would just see it more clearly instead of just taking the time to really ask questions to say, what do you see? What is it like? And to really kind of meet them where they're at. I mean, I think I don't do that often enough. Well, check this out. I have a story to build on that. Yeah. I am colorblind. Mm -hmm. Now I can see accurately greens, reds, all those things. But when you put two colors together, certain colors for me, I cannot tell them apart. They are the same. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm 18. I'm working a summer job 
for the county road crew. We're out surveying a long stretch of road, at least 10 miles, and it's almost completely straight. There's very few curves. You have a 200 foot long tape, okay, a measurement, mm-hmm. right? So the guy puts a mark down, and then I'm at the tail end. I have the easy job, right? All I have to do is see his mark on the road and then tell him we're there and stop him. I put my end of the tape down. He puts his, his mark down and 200 feet in front of me, and we go to the next one. We mm-hmm. do this for miles and miles and miles, right? That's the plan. I've never done this before. Super easy. Like, there's no training involved in this mm-hmm. until we start w- going. And I missed the mark. I can't see the mark. Where's the stupid mark? I'm doing my best. I'm starting to get nervous because the guy up in front, he's starting to get ticked. Mm-hmm. He's getting... He has a temper, all right? He's not a guy that, that I really wanted to work with. I just, I'm stuck with him and probably he felt the same with me. I could describe him, but we're not going to waste time on that. So here's what, what was happening was he was using, there's a certain, um, it's like a big crayon, mm-hmm. but it's used to mark on asphalt and it's red on gray. I can't see it. I can't see it. And I don't realize that I can't see it. Now there's a third guy, another guy counterpart like me, he's up at the front um, and he's just marking off things in a notebook. So like, this is, this is the survey crew, right? And they both walk back to me and they're mad. Like the, the boss guy, the full-time employee guy, he's, he's yelling at me and he's accusing me of being lazy, not paying attention and all these things. I'm like, I'm like, this is the worst experience I've ever had. Mm. He says, the mark is expletive right there. And I'm literally looking at it. I go, oh, I can finally see it. He's like, you can't see that? No. Can you see that? He's like, it's bright, it's bright red. How can you miss it? I'm like, my eyes don't see it. I'm sorry, man. I can, do you have a different color? He's like, I have a yellow. Can you see that? Like kind of sarcastically. And he puts it down. I'm like, dude, that's perfect. Not ever missed the rest of the time. Mm. Ten miles. The, the, the story of that is, is how often do we treat somebody like my boss was treating me when we get frustrated with them because we are angry that they, they don't see it. Mm. They haven't got there yet. Right. That's just such like, I think you, I hope you learned some humility that day. Mm-hmm. I know I learned a little bit, uh, just about preparedness, you know, to seek these things, but I didn't know what I didn't know about colorblind either. Because I always had denied at 18 that mom always told me I was. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm good. But um, after that, like I won him over because my accuracy was 100% after that. Hmm. But it was all because I just couldn't see what they could see. There's something bigger there in that story with us. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that the life of a Pharisee? <laughs> yeah. And haven't we all been guilty of that? Mm-hmm. Why, oh why, no, never. Why you know <laughs> why why can't they why can't that kid get it? Why why do they believe that about their identity? Why do they keep going back to that? They know better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why can't they why can't they why don't they see the red line? What's their problem? You know Jesus is the master teacher and we we can't we as we discovered we can't we can't make someone see that's colorblind right 
or that's blind. We can't make them see red the best that we can describe it. They're never really going to understand. Someone that's lost and is void of the Holy Spirit of God cannot understand God until they themselves taste God. No matter how much we try. I don't care how much they go to church. I don't care how much they read. I don't care how much they, I don't care what, what spiritual gymnastics they do until they have tasted and seen. They don't know. And I believe that comes from a supernatural thing that happens that only God can do. Mm -hmm. And I think like Moses, what we could learn is when we find these moments often that we become to the end of ourselves, because really we live there more than we want to admit. We'd spend a lot of time seeking. In fact, if you think about it, this whole thing started around Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God. We are to be lifelong seekers. And Jess, you said it. You, you ask to seek to understand. Mm-hmm. What do you see? Mm-hmm. And not going, well, dummy, mm-hmm. what's wrong with you? I don't understand it. Like, it's seriously so powerful. It's, I don't understand why you're blind. Right. Like, shame on you for that. Hmm. A person that's born into sin, the Bible says they're dead. The last funeral I went to, I didn't see the person respond to me. Hmm. You know, the only dead person that responded that I know of in, in Scripture was the boy coming out of Nain when Jesus told him to get up. Mm-hmm. Lazarus, right? And then Jairus' daughter, right? Three times he, he shows us, you want to know what petition looks like? Seek me, ask me, find me. I will give them life. The power of petition. Mm-hmm. So I just have to share because this made me think. Um, there's a student that I am working with, and we have found just with work schedules and school schedules and things of that, like having time to sit down together has been really, really difficult. But the great thing with the YouVersion Bible app is you can do these plans, mm-hmm. and it gives you a chance to read through something together, and then you kind of like text back and forth and respond. So we started, this is our, our second plan that we're doing together. Um, and I, I really just think it's a testament that we kind of start off like, we're going to try something new and see how this goes. And it's really built up trust is what, it, what it's done. Where just this morning, um, the thing that she said to me, just, she was just talking about how she feels like she often just stalls out on her journey. Mm-hmm. And she she wants to draw closer to God, but she's like, I just feel like, it's taking so long and I'm so far behind. And, um, but the, the thing that she said to me that really hit me, so she's about where she wants to be and she said, it'd be a thousand miles from where I am right now. And she said, even if it's just for a while, keep pushing me, I need it. And that to me was huge to, to have someone that even when you, when you can understand, like I'm not where I want to be, but then I have people that push you that help you to see that, that it's not like, I'm just going to stay here or just be like, well, I'm never, never going to get it. But to find who are those people that 
you have trust with it. You can really kind of build around you to push you through that, to see that. And I, you know, I'm just thinking like in all the examples you guys gave, like that is what the people do when they listen well. You know, I think even with your boss, you know, eventually he had to find a different way. You know, it's the same types of things like really coming alongside a person. But I think that, you know, with the Pharisees, they were so self-righteous that they, they were not building into other people in that way. And then that's how we don't grow. And I just, you know, I think so many of my things I've been reading and um, have been focused on are just about community and the body of Christ and how do we, how do we build that up? And we can't even really, you know, intercede for people and, and pray for them if we don't really know where they're at and if they don't open up for us. Like that has to be the groundwork that's done first. Jesus was fully human and fully God. But he set aside, like, like, think about this. How humble did he humble himself? How much, how much more vulnerable than you, can you be than being a baby? Hmm. And that's what our God did. Right. He depended on sinful people to take care of him. No other religion can claim that. That's how humble he was. Yeah, other religions think it's backwards. They think it's all about power. Mm -hmm. He humbled himself that way. Like, the three of us are human. And it's something we don't talk about much, like our humanity, because we're, we're I don't know, for me, I can't, I'm not going to speak for y'all, but my own life of striving to accomplish and be this and be that and have a name and all that. I'm not saying there's, like, there's nothing wrong with those things if the will behind it is driven toward God. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So I'm not like Mr. Go in seclusion, be some weirdo. But the whole reason God created me was to bring him glory, period. Mm -hmm. um, to live through my life, to be with me, to be in presence with me, right? To enjoy him. That's what we were created for. Mm -hmm. But yet I'm still human. And the reason why I say that is when I don't act that way is when it hurts other people. When I try to play, I'm the one on the throne. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do it my way, right? And I bring that up because Jesus showed us that he didn't even live that way. He told us, everything that I do, I see God do. And everything I say, I hear God say. Everything I hear him say, I say. Complete dependence. Hmm. Complete surrender. You just talked about how Jesus came in. Like, what's more vulnerable than being a baby, an infant? I agree. <clears throat> and then on the opposite end of it, how vulnerable was he? Virtually stripped naked, hung on a cross, hmm. on a tree. How, how how humble was that? Like, obviously the vulnerability part was was death, but the humiliation, the being 
yelled at and spit at and everything that preceded that. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking of it in terms of like bookends of his hmm. temp, you know, like his life here on earth. And yet neither was the start or the end. I mean, he is, I, he is, I am like we talked about earlier coming on the con- the podcast before we hit record. Just one of my favorite ways that God ever described himself is just to say, I am because he always has been. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Y'all, I, I, I bring that up about the humanity and the vulnerability, our humanity, our vulnerability, because doesn't it really tie into how do you describe to a blind person the mm-hmm. color red? Like, how would our lives look if we were more aware of our humanity? Mm-hmm. Really? And really understanding there's two parts of us, our soul that really desires God and then the fake self that we build that we want to show to the rest of the world. Mm. That's not a vulnerable person. Mm-hmm. It's a prideful, arrogant moron. I'm just describing myself in case Pam's listening. Hey, honey. Um, <laughs> But that's, listen, that's what, we, that's what we offer up, really, to God and to the world. Here's this fake person mm-hmm. with this fake cape. And God's like, you know, I want that vulnerable child in you. That's what I want. The one that plays hide mm-hmm. and seek. That's really, if I come out, maybe people will really see my f- failures and my flaws and everything else. Yet God sees me as good. There's a lot of freedom in that. Because I think petitions is really about being vulnerable. God, I just can't do this, but I know you can. So knowing our, our limitations and knowing that we can't get anywhere without him. Like you said before, that total dependence and surrender. You know, John 4 John 15, 4 means what it means. Apart from Jesus, I can do nothing. Mm-hmm. No matter how you twist that, nothing's nothing. Last time I checked, I know we like to redefine everything nowadays, but nowadays, but nothing really means nothing. Like my wallet, nothing's in it. <laughs> so if I go to buy a coffee, <laughs> but let me, let me throw this in there. I'm, I'm just going to take an argument with you. Okay. Sure. So I have a really, really good friend of mine. Um, his name's Rob and Rob said something really profound to me several years ago, many years ago now. It's probably 15 years ago. He said, I may be one of the hardest people for Christ to reach. Okay, so by worldly standards, Rob has everything. He has a beautiful home, a wonderful wife, you know, his wonderful marriage, two healthy boys. Like, everybody's healthy. Incredible job, no debt, making lots of money. He has the world the way that here in the Western culture would look at it. He's got it all. And when he said that, he, like he wasn't facing a crisis. There wasn't a, there wasn't a divorce. There wasn't a medical condition. There wasn't a loss of income or a job. And he said, I, I think that there are times when people like me are the hardest hmm. to be reached for God. And, and the reason I brought that up, Mark, is because you said, when you're referencing John 15, four, I think you said it was, you know, 
people who don't know Jesus would say, well, life's pretty good for me. It's worked out pretty good for me. Mm-hmm. It's almost like not realizing what they are missing, right? And so we've talked about, you know, you hear this in church services, like a hole in the heart, a God-sized hole in the heart. We try to fill it with this thing or that thing, and it tends to be sin or some other type of idol, obviously. Um, but, but there's some real truth to that. Now, how do you talk to somebody who has that mm-hmm. about petition? How do you, how do you teach somebody, show them, disciple them, hmm. you know, what's missing? That's great. That's a great question. Can I answer? Yeah. So, <clears throat> Rob, you have a nice home. You have an incredible wife, two amazing kids, no debt in the bank account. That's incredible. What's going to happen to all that stuff when you die? Are you going to, I've never seen someone tie a U-Haul to the back of a hearse. So although those things on this, although those things are great, they're perishing. So my question to you is, do you really have everything? Yeah, the piece of this that I really like and you're inspiring, just some thought for me is, is where did you get the talents like to do these things? Do you think every opportunity that happened has just fallen in your lap because or you created it? Or is there at least, can you think of a time in your life when something just seemed to work out? Is that coincidence? Is that luck? What is it? Like, and, and that, but still, all of these are hard things for that person that is denying that they need to have a higher power or that there is a higher power. Uh, you can't you can't dispute what you said, Mark. You know, like you've never seen a U-Haul follow somebody to heaven, right? But the the thing is, is he might come back and say, "Yeah, but my kids will be set. I've given them a legacy." This is this is the challenge. Mm-hmm. But and, you, and, and then and it comes back to what we've said before. It's like this is the deceit of yeah. Satan. Yep. You know, you guys, um, it's been said, I don't, I just want to put this out here, whether this is true or not, I don't know, you could have, you could look it up, but I was told a story that when Alexander the Great died, that there was three things that he asked for at his funeral. The first thing was he wanted every known physician that was incredible of that time to walk in front of his hearse. Um, this is bad because I can't think of the, the third thing, but the last thing was when he was walking, when he was, they were taking him to bury him, he asked for his hands to be hanging out of the hearse. So his hands were dangling. It's kind of bizarre, isn't it? The worst thing to do is tell a story and not be able to take the third part, but when I give the two, I think you'll give, get the gist. Here's, here's why he did that. He wanted people to see this. Although he, had the, he could pay and have the best doctors to cure him, he still died. And although he had the wealth that could, he could do anything with, buy anything he wanted, take him anywhere he wanted to go, 
the reason he wanted his hands to hang out was because his hands were empty as he died. Hmm. There's nothing he could do with it. And I'm sure the third piece that I can't think of because I'm old had something to do with making another point is that, again, we're vulnerable. We will die. Mm-hmm. And we can, whether, whether people believe it or not, we are building, we are, we are investing into our eternity to be with Jesus or eternally, eternally to be separated from him no matter what anyone says. It is a fact. And petitions, again, remind us that they should be a pace in our life, that we are constantly aware of our humanity and our need for our God. Wow, what would it look like if we really lived in our humanity? Hmm. So I said at the top of this that I was prepared, right? And this, this kind of ties in really, really well to what I had kind of just, just pressed on me. And this is Luke 18, um, and it's when Jesus speaks to the rich young man. Hmm. And the thing that, that really stuck out to me was, first of all, you know, when, when, we, when we were praying to God, we're talking to God, right? So this rich man he had Jesus in front of him. So to me, like anytime he's asking Jesus a question, like that's a way of petitioning to God. But his question was, good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? And so when I think about, you know, that question, what he is petitioning, my first thought was, one, we have to be prepared for the answer we're going to get. When we're petitioning to God to really know what is it that, that he's going to say back to us. And, of course, we know that he tells them, you know, what, what you need to do. We have to follow the commandments, all of that. And he's like, great, I've done all of that. And then he says, oh, one more thing. Sell all of your possessions and then come follow me. And the thing that, that hit me is verse 23 says, but when the man heard this, he became very sad for he was very rich. And I thought, even though this guy had everything in the world, he was a very young guy. He was rich. Like I said, I mean, had the whole world by the tail, but he walked away sad because he realized that the one thing that he was petitioning to God for, he could never get hmm. unless he let go of everything on this side of the world. And so to me, it really just, I mean, when I read this, it made me really think about, okay, when I, first of all, when I pray and I'm petitioning, do I really want that? Like my heart had better be there where I'm really ready for God's answer because I don't know if this young guy was ready for that. I think he wanted it all. He wanted it all in his mind. But like I said, it comes down to humanity of what does this really mean and what does eternity look like? Then it was all of a sudden something he he wasn't willing to do or couldn't do and like i said to me just the fact that he walks away sad that just makes me think about you know the the people that feel like success is on this side of of life that they've reached it it's like no there's still that sadness there because you won't achieve eternal life that last sentence that you just said there's two pieces to that if i heard this right Mm -hmm. okay number one he walked away Mm-hmm. That's actually the, that's what the thing that makes me sad. Yeah. Right. It would have been one thing if he had felt the sadness and stayed, like teach me more. But it was the other thing that he, 
he left. Mm-hmm. And upon that, that was a decision. And as far as we know, he never found what he was looking for. Mm-hmm. He could have stayed and embellished that sadness for a second. Mm. Right. Humili- humility. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a key thing. I hope that I don't walk away, but I know I have. Mm-hmm. I know I have. See, there's some things I-, I believe quitting is a good thing. I believe that giving up because it's too hard is a bad thing. Like there's things that need to be quit. We can quit smoking. We can quit the diet. We can quit a, a toxic relationship. But when we give up just because it's too hard, that's mm-hmm. not a God thing. And that, that to me would be where I would come back to petition God. Through me, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Don't let me walk away, Lord. I'm sad. Yeah. But I believe in you. You know, Jess, I don't think I... I don't think I realized till today to when you were reading that story is something that how how this story speaks to a lot of different things in scripture. For example, in Luke 6 we find that Jesus says out of the treasury of the heart the mouth speaks. So you don't have to be rich and possess something in order to walk away from God. For example, you could be confused about your identity and convince God that that's a treasure to you, who you really are. Mm -hmm. And when Jesus says, let go of that, you say, no, I'm not going to. Mm -hmm. Because you see the treasure, I believe, really represented what sin stands in your way of your salvation. And make no mistake about it. The salvation that Jesus offers teaches us to walk in the kingdom on this side of eternity that we will walk in on the other side. Mm -hmm. That's a fact. God's will is being done and worked out. The kingdom's being built right now while we're talking. We have to be looking and seeking. Mm -hmm. And because see, all of us are really blind. Mm-hmm. until he said, see. And now we know, we know what red looks like. Right. Hmm. We just think of taste and see the goodness of the Lord. And you, you can't, you can't see until you taste it, until you truly experience it for yourself and completely take it in. That's when you can can really see. Hmm. I feel like today is really about be human. It's okay to be human. Get to the end of yourself. And whenever life leads you in a spot where you feel like you're at a dead end, you're in good company. Because... Uh, those who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. God's always saving. He's always rescuing. He's always redeeming. And you know what? Whatever that situation is, if he chooses not to take you out of it, you can be assured he's got a purpose and a plan hmm. to work it out for your good, no matter what. 
That's why we can keep that's why we can keep the pace. His pace. Kingdom pace. And this side of eternity. Be a good cheer. And with that, I would say we are just happy that you're joining us on this journey. Um, where we get to be really real and really vulnerable and we have moments where it's silence because we're thinking and reflecting and contemplating along with you. So um, I think like what Mark said, like you're in good company. So join us. Um, you can go to kingdompace.com and there is a place where you can enter your email address and get some, some journal prompts and really dive in deeper to these and um, just kind of see where God is leading you in your life as you say at his pace. Thanks, everyone. We are honored to be on this journey with you. And as we go through life at a kingdom pace, we want to encourage you to dig into the word and also check out kingdompace.com for notes and handouts.